This is Brian Croft. Welcome to another edition of Trench Talk, the podcast of Practical Shepherding, and I'm joined with Jim Sebastio. Hey, Jim. Hello, Brian. We're going to jump right into topic in just a minute, but before we do that, if you want to go to practicalshepherding.com, you can reach out to us and contact us with any questions or ways we can be helpful to you. The Shepherd's House is now officially going, Jim. So we've got people, by the time this drops, we will be uh, already having people stay at the Shepherd's House and... We're going to get going on that. So if you want to go to the website and come and stay, if you're a pastor, a pastor's wife, um, come stay for free with us and get a couple of days of rest and and refreshment uh, at a beautiful cabin in the Kentucky woods, if you can get yourself here. And so we're excited about the launch of that ministry. Go go check it out. And uh, also articles and podcast episodes and all kinds of things you can find on the webpage there. So feel free to to take advantage of all that free resource that we're, we're offering, including... Jim, this episode, which is on sabbaticals, and particularly we want to talk about uh, sabbaticals and how to use them. So, you know, you went on a sabbatical recently, and a couple months ago, we did a, an, an episode, we actually did two, we did one before your sabbatical, then I, then I caught you in a very, uh, a very vulnerable place of 24 hours after a 2,000-mile drive, and you are, uh, and you are... Uh, had just gotten back, and we had a good conversation about what, um, you know, what you did on your sabbatical and how it was used, and all those kind of things. So, what I want us to do now, though, is I want us to talk about your sabbatical in comparison to my sabbatical, mm. because we did two very different sabbaticals. We so, did. Uh, so, I I want us to talk about this because I think it will be helpful for guys to know, especially as you're you're wrestling through and thinking about what a sabbatical is, and uh, why you would use it, and how to use it, and all those kinds of things. So let's talk about, well, give us a little bit, well, let's, before we start talking about sabbaticals, let's talk about the difference maybe between a sabbatical and like a long vacation. Let's start mm. there. Uh, actually, before we start there, I think we should try to reference any kind of biblical foundation for this conversation. So any thoughts on where we may go to the New Testament in regard to Thinking about a sabbatical being the need for a pastor to rest, to get away, to regroup, and all those kinds of things. That's a great question, Brian. I, I you know, you've written a lot more on it. I'd be, I'm curious to get your thoughts. I, mean, I, I think you know, there's that there's a reference in the Gospels to our Lord taking the disciples apart for time, and you know, let us, you know, taking them, getting away uh, for a little bit. I think you have the the whole recognition of this treasure is in jars of clay, uh, the whole recognition of of weakness, uh, power in weakness, uh, that those sorts of things remind us that we are human, that we are frail, that we do not have an inexhaustible uh, tank of energy and of usefulness, that we have frailty to us. Psalm 103, um, you know, God pities us knowing that we are dust. I think those are, at least in my mind, some of the things that remind us that we may need more than uh, what we might call a weekly uh, Sabbath or a weekly day of rest, which we try to encourage that every pastor take, should at least, at the very least, make sure that you're taking at least one day a week off. There comes at times a recognition that uh, one, uh, one day a week may not be sufficient for that, that's one part of it. The other part of it is, I mean, sometimes a sabbatical, we're going to get into this in a minute, sometimes a sabbatical 
is a break from one kind of work so that you can do another kind of work. So, for instance, a guy's going to write a book, well, he can't teach his classes. Or so a professor, for instance, is going to take a sabbatical to travel or to study or to write a book, and he's just, he's just one person. He can't do two jobs at one time. He's yep. going to lay aside one job in order to do another job. Right, right. That's very often how the term sabbatical is used. I think pastorally, there's very often a combination between that and really just the need for an extended uh, rest and extended break. Uh, again, under you know, well, we're going to get into that, but I, I would say again, those matters of the limitations of our humanity, our inability to do as much as we are sometimes doing, and the fact that we, unlike God, need to stop and be refreshed if we're going to continue to do the labor. Yeah, that's good. And I, I think I would add one other thought to that, and that's. That, that ministry is is a uniquely hard labor. It, it mm-hmm. doesn't you don't clock out of it. It's a twenty four seven reality. And so, because of that, we at least practical shepherding and, and and many others, obviously, but us as a ministry, we advocate for pastors to try to take regular intentional times of rest, because a lot of times pastors do not get the regular rhythm of rest that somebody else might get with a regular works a regular nine to five job. Saturday and Sunday is kind of always, you know, that that window of rest and regrouping and those kinds of things. Pastors don't get that kind of rhythm typically, so we have to we have to try to build that time in. It's a starts with it, you know, a day off certainly, but also regular t- vacation time off. And then what we're talking about specifically here is a, a pastoral sabbatical, which is an extended amount of time that can be anywhere from a month to two months to three months or whatever it might be that is meant for a pastor to truly rest. Now, some will use it, like you said, for projects or planning or other things they can't get to. But anybody who knows me knows that I advocate strongly that sabbaticals should be used for rest from the regular labors of of the ministry. And so, yeah, which which is what led me to do the sabbatical that I had done. And and you did a different kind of sabbatical, and, and there's certain reasons that you were led to to take that kind of sabbatical, and so we want to talk about these these different uh, kinds. Let's first talk about though what is the difference, Jim, between let's say a, a pastor took a one month vacation versus like a one month sabbatical. What's the difference in your mind? Well, that's interesting, Brian. I I, I think there is some degree of intentionality. I mean the. I think the one uh, when I if I were to think of a one month vacation, I would consider it uh, in terms of my family uh, more than perhaps in terms of myself. I would think of it almost exclusively in terms of rest, whereas I think a sabbatical can have uh, more uh, intentional. Uh, other matters built into it, whether it be you know a, a specific time of reading or studying, or a specific kind of uh, of of other labor, because I do think sometimes a sabbatical does you know can entail that. Of course, I know you we're going to have our little differences here mm-hmm. uh, in some of that. I, I'm more you know I'm going maybe with a more uh, a technical uh, academic definition. Uh, with some of that, but uh, you know, I had somebody ask me yesterday. We uh, a, a pastor friend asked, "How was your vacation?" And I just did not. I did not view my. There are parts of the sabbatical I viewed as vacation. There certainly were parts of it 
that were vacation. Uh, but there was also, for me, there was you know, labor involved in that time away mm-hmm. also. So I think that would be the difference. Uh, if I were purely on vacation, I there are certain things I would say, you know, I'm really not going to do that. I, I, I'm on vacation. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I'm on sabbatical. It's a different kind of labor. I was resting from one kind of labor. And sometimes there's a refreshment in that itself. That's right. part of what I'm getting at. Yeah. Is that you lay down one burden, you may pick up another. If I were on vacation, I think I would not just lay down my burden. I would not pick up another one. I think uh, I think you just lay you just lay down. Yeah, there's a I beach think you, or yeah, you lay, right, right. <laughs> just, yeah. just do a lot of laying down. Just laying down. Uh, I think there are times when it's it's there is a benefit to pick up a different a different kind of labor, a different labor, somebody else's burden while you lay down your own. And you have okay. to be, you know, I think that's one of the most important parts of a sabbatical is the ability to lay down your burden. I think several things have to happen in order for you to be able to do that. And that is you have to trust somebody, somebody is picking up your burden, right? the burden you usually carry. And if, they, and if you don't have confidence that they're doing that, then you're not going to be able to really rest and benefit the way yeah. you need to. No, that's good. I, I think I would have a similar definition. I, I would simplistically probably say that, you know, a vacation is really a freedom to do whatever you want to do. Mm-hmm. It's your time off. Like if you want right. to lay in bed and watch Netflix your whole vacation, like go for it. I wouldn't advise that, but I'm saying just vacation yeah. is whatever you want to use it for. And there should be like no expectation that I'm supposed to do something else other Mm -hmm. than whatever I want to do. Mm -hmm. It's time off, in other Mm -hmm. words. A sabbatical, I would say, though it is to be designed for rest, I think it's a more intentional approach to uh, resting from my ministry labors. Now, vacation and a sabbatical like that really can work to and accomplish a lot of the same things. But I do think there's a distinction in that. And I think when we get into even the way I choose, use the, my sabbatical, that I think there's a distinction in how I would use a vacation and how I used the, a sabbatical. Although, I, you know, I think it's more stark with the, the differences in the way you used it. I think there's differences in both. Mm-hmm. So let's get into that. So let me give you a brief overview of what I did on my sabbatical. Okay. And then you can give a brief overview on yours, and we'll let everybody write us and tell us who's better. No, just kidding. No, but you see the differences, and, and, and we'll talk about them. So I had my sabbatical at my 10-year anniversary, which you know was about eight years ago now. So um, I think I'm due for another sabbatical. We need to go to the – and we need to have that conversation. No, just – Yeah, you go. No, different situation now. About eight, about eight years ago, at my 10-year anniversary, it was, it was part of the 10-year anniversary of our church – that the my elders been advocated for me to have this. Uh, I was at a really rough place personally, so um, we we needed to get some help, just not just rest. But my wife and I ended up in some counseling and some things. Like there were some things that were really hard going on in our life that uh, made it the timing of it incredibly providential. And how long was it? That was about eight years ago. I'm sorry, I'm sorry how long was the sabbatical? We, two months. So we did a two month sabbatical because. The church had never had anybody take a sabbatical before, right? And so we felt the, the elders felt two months was a good amount of time, and three would probably be a little much for people to try to process. Since I was the only one that can I ask that. a couple questions yep. real quickly here? Uh, I I did not come from a background where I heard much about sabbaticals other than in academia. It's about right. the only time I ever heard the phrase. I I I can't remember if you're the first guy I ever really heard about doing it pastorally. Where did that idea come from, uh, and who convinced you, or did, or who did you need to convince that it was a good idea? Who, who, or somebody must have shown it to you, or exhorted you, or you read it, 
or saw it somewhere. I assume it was. This is not. Uh, these aren't called crofty and sabbaticals. No, was, I certainly it didn't originate with me. I I'm trying to remember. You know, I think uh, where I started hearing some some talk around this. I think two memories come to mind. Uh, just. Mark Dever, Nine Marks, has talked about this a long time. Okay. I think being in some of those circles, knowing Mark, uh, knowing Mark took sabbaticals regularly, and so I watched him do that. I think that was a early idea. The other was I also, you know, just in being involved in some different ministries and uh, hearing about, you know, hearing about some foundations that actually helped fund sabbaticals for other pastors and those kind of things. Um, I, I just remember early on hearing about some of those, and I thought, well, that's interesting. And so had some friends that took sabbaticals. I can't remember where I first heard it. Okay. But um, it's certainly not a common thing in Southern Baptist life, as well as, you know, uh, the back in Reformed Baptist and other backgrounds in that way. So, but I, it was certainly new for the, our church. Our church was 80 some years old, and no, no pastor had ever taken a sabbatical. Uh, we joked that you got to stay long enough to to take a sabbatical, and, and nobody had stayed long <laughs> enough except the first guy. So, uh, but I went. So I took. So I had two months. I was exhausted physically, mentally, emotionally, and um, one of. The, so we put a lot of restrictions, and I had my I had my talked to my my elders about it, who helped just keep some accountability with that. So I two months. I pretty much was going to vanish. Had elders were going to cover for him and all this kind of so I could so I could do that. So I wasn't at church on Sundays during those two months with them. We stayed in town. We didn't travel like you did, and and we stayed in town, and we went to a different church every Sunday. So we basically said, you know, we've never had the freedom to go see any other churches mm-hmm. as a family. So we picked a different church for two straight months. We picked a different church and went to it, which was an interesting experience, especially for my kids, but wasn't. I, I was sympathetic to the people who have to go to a new area and church search and try to right. find like that that right, wasn't right, right. fun in that way but it was an interesting experience involved being experienced in some different churches like that so we didn't go to our church we stayed in town uh, I did not preach my wife pretty much forbid me to preach anywhere during my mm-hmm. sabbatical and I honored that in fact I was really grateful for that because but you know you know how it is I mean you got two months off, and then all of a sudden, the guy who's who's wanted you to come down to see his church and and preach is like, oh, we could just travel a weekend down there and do this. So I was tempted to preach sure, other sure, places, sure. but uh, my wife, I think I'm I'm grateful. Uh, but that's but also again, I think what your wife needs in this matters, and and that's another thing that that comes different from our conversation. Uh, that my wife w- did not want me to preach anywhere. She just wanted to be totally unplugged from ministry in any right. way. So I didn't preach. We didn't go. We didn't go anywhere. We stayed put, and uh, went to different churches. And our kids. This is you know this is eight years ago. So my you know my I had teenagers. I had preteens. So we were at a fun age where we were able to go and do a lot of stuff and have a lot of fun. So, but it was. But what makes it distinguish from a vacation? I would say is uh, I committed to do a couple of things from a spiritual growth standpoint, ministerial growth standpoint. Uh, I picked someone. I picked a dead person to read and study for those two months. Uh, so I, basically, I basically I was gonna a dead pastor and a and a live pastor. I was gonna sit under the ministry for those two months. So I picked Andrew Fuller. That's where I ended up reading. You know, I talked to our good friends Austin Walker, Jeremy Walker, who mm-hmm. are, know Fuller well, and and uh, they encouraged me to read Fuller, what I should read. So I read several books on Fuller and his works. And then I listened to uh, then I listened to preaching 
uh, from a, a live uh, a live preacher and just tried to sit under his ministry. I listened to a couple different guys, but Ted Donnelly is one of the guys I sat and, and listened to. Uh, really enjoy that. So I, I had some intentional areas of growth, some books I wanted to read. And so I had some some plans that I wanted to do. But yeah, that was the extent of it. Other than that, it was it was intentional do fun things, rest, you know, sleep in, hike. I mean, do the things that I know I I realized were good for my soul. And so and it ended up being a wonderful experience that that I ended up creating a rhythm after that. I took July off every month after that or every year after that. Right. Uh, because I realized the benefit of taking longer chunks of time off instead of just one week or maybe even two weeks. So that's where that came out of. I did my sabbatical and then for the next seven years until I transitioned from the church, every July I was off and we, the church knew what to do. I had leaders that stepped in and I ended up getting a, that's when I took most of my break from then on out. So, And would you have considered those seven years of the doing the one month, would you consider those mini sabbaticals or vac- would you would have said that was you were taking vacation? Vacation. Okay. So I pretty much saved most of my vacation, used it all at once. And I know several pastors who do that now, actually. But I would say that, that that's what I was using at the time is most of my vacation time I used, I took the whole month off and used it then. And Brian, we talked a few weeks ago on one of our podcasts about you know that a, a, during a vacation you might something might happen you realize you might need to step back into your role or come back or do something would you consider a a sabbatical different from that like no i am i can't i'm not coming back almost i, I, I i'm sure there would be something but would you have a um whatever a, a higher standard for what would make you break a sabbatical than you would what would make you break a vacation it's a good question. I think, um, I think there's certain things that would make me come back, um, but it would have to be a pretty significant thing. Okay. So, uh, so the you know the the death of a beloved church member mm. um, that I would want to be able to do their their funeral. Um, you know, I think there's some things like that that would bring me yeah bring me back. I mean, so somebody who a tra- you know a tragic death in the church sure uh, like that's the kind of stuff, but. I would. Try, it would have to be a really serious thing, and it would be something else that I would almost gauge. I would almost let my wife help me gauge, okay? Because some because she's usually the one that's like, yeah, somebody else can do that. Uh, she's usually the one to go. That was really helpful for me through the, our years of ministry. When something would happen, uh, that she would be the one to say, "You need to go." And it's when she'd say that, I'd be like, "Yeah, you're right. I do need to go." So mm-hmm. uh, I I think I would I would be helped by her being able to do that. But again. Being local, that was one of the risks. When you're local, it's easier people pull you in. So talk about yours because so we, people can compare because yours was quite different than what I just articulated. It was. Can I ask you one more question yeah, before sure. I do mine? Yep. Uh, how immediately did you feel that you had received the benefit of the sabbatical and then maybe along lines, how long did it really take into the sabbatical before you felt you were thoroughly unplugged from the cares and the burdens that you were carrying? I would say because I worked really hard to prepare for the sabbatical, that it didn't take me long to unplug. But I feel like I did some preliminary work to do that. I'd say a week. It took me about a week to really unplug and feel like I was I was checked out. Okay. And, and our church did a marvelous job of, of taking care of things. I mean, they, I had to swing by the church. Uh, I remember one of the few times I swung by the church to just pick some up from my office. Uh, I have, like, like I think it was my paycheck or something that I went to swung <laughs> by to get. 
and I pull up and there's two deacons standing outside. It's in the middle of the summer. They're standing outside in the parking lot and they're both spraying each other down with something. And I have no idea why. I have no idea what's going on. And I just pull up and I roll my window down and they both look at me and smile. They go, go. You don't need to know what's going on. And they didn't tell me what was going on. You don't need on. to know why we're spraying each they other did. down. Well, what okay. Did, well, that's real. That, I'm really intrigued by that So now. I was totally impressed by that. And so <laughs> that they had the restraint. And Were it, they wearing hazmat suits or anything? No, but it, okay. they might as well have been the way it was. The, the, the look. Nobody disappeared up. or anything during this time? So what happened is, uh, <laughs> quick story. So we were we were reaching out to a lady in the community and trying to help her and her daughter and and um, and they, she had a lice infestation in her apartment. <laughs> Sorry. And we had that's not we, funny. And we had deacons that went in to, uh, to you know try care of care for this lady and and her in and out of her place and bringing her stuff and and all of a sudden uh, they and then she had come to to church and this girl had gone into the nursery. So there was a lice infestation in the nursery of the church. Oh, Guys were in here. So that's what I've, and I didn't hear about it until I got back. So <laughs> okay. they were brilliant at hiding that from me. All right. That's no, what I just heard. Just to get a story to, okay. Okay. So you, you, yours was quite different than what I just, what I just articulated. Yeah. So. And, and there were some reasons for that. Um, short, go short, remind yeah, me short version of what yeah, you did. Yeah. So what I did, I was gone from uh, uh, 64 days from the day I left Louisville to the day I started back. I spent most of my time, most of that time with, you know, there's some travel involved here. So most of that time on the West Coast, I did a a ministry in Montana, one in uh, Portland, Oregon, and then seven weeks I was in SeaTac, Seattle, Tacoma uh, area. the and reason you, pre- I, you preached, you, yeah, and I'll explain. I'll explain some of that there. So, so I had. Uh, there's a church out there in uh, Emmanuel Reformed Baptist Church of SeaTac. It's a church that's been without a pastor for seven years. They have been flying various men in uh, to preach for them. They had built a little uh, cottage or an apartment there on the premises, so one bedroom, one bath, living room, eat-in kitchen, to allow men to come in. And, and their deal has been they would, if a man would give them two Sundays, they would fly them and their wife out and let them stay there in that apartment, get them a rental car, and, and they would preach on the Lord's days, maybe attend prayer meeting, maybe not. That wasn't... And then just enjoy the air. It's a beautiful area, mountains, and you know, incredibly beautiful, spectacular scenery and whatnot. So I had been there several times, and often I had found my time there very refreshing. In fact, I had been there several times with my wife. A couple of times I had gone out by myself. I would go a day early. I'd go out. If I were preaching on a Sunday, I'd go out on a Friday, and that Saturday would just be a day that I, I would unplug. For me, that was like a a little mini vacation, yeah. Uh, yeah. turn off the phone kind of a thing, just relax, sleep, walk, hike, whatever, but just, just to enjoy that. And uh, er, er, earlier in 2021, I had some medical issues, um, and following those medical issues, I, I, I was back there, I was doing a ministry, and I had spent a few days there again by myself before my wife came out, and I found it was so restorative and so refreshing yeah. that I decided, one, I will go ahead and do a sabbatical after you have urged me for all these years. And my <laughs> elders had urged me, and one of the older members of the church had yeah. urged me to do it. 
and I hadn't really listened to that. And I had I had my own reasons why, but I didn't do it. And I thought, okay, if I could come here, I thought if I could really feel like I was away, I would have had a very hard time living in Louisville yeah, yeah. and going to other churches. I, I mean, just even as a churchman, I'd feel like I'm a churchman. And it's just my own complex way I'm put together. I would have had a hard time if I were here really yeah. feeling unplugged. So I thought, well, if I can go across country – and those people agreed they would let let me and my wife live out there for you know no charge to live out there, but I sweetened the deal by saying, well, what if I did some ministry for you and you didn't have to fly all these other men in and and yeah. and you could have something consistent? I'll bring things I've preached before, so it didn't <laughs> necessarily involve fre- fresh preparation. Uh, but I did wind up preaching. So I on, on the way out, we drove out. I, I stayed with some friends in Missoula, Montana. I preached at a church there. And then I had been invited at some point to preach out in Portland. And I told the guy, I said, well, I'm doing the sabbatical. This would be a good time. So I went out and I did that. And then I did you know, seven weeks of, of preaching. So I preached I, I preached and taught 24 times during my— Hold, hold it. Stop. Wait a second. You preached 24 times in what, a two-month sabbatical? Yes. All right, continue. All right. And I wrote a book. <laughs> and you wrote a book. Yeah, yeah. keep going. So yeah. cuz that's not all you did. You did other things while you were out there. Talk about your hiking and, and Yeah, sure. Things. I mean, so what what the way I planned it was I would spend about 4 hours a day uh in this in in in, in some kind of study or uh, reading uh prepare, you know, going over my messages for the for Sunday and working on the book. My wife was working on a project, so we each had a study out there. I w- I'd go over to the church building, which was f- 30 feet away, yeah, and, walk, and, yeah, and, and my over. wife would, would stay at the little cottage. And so we would do that. I'd come back at, at you know between noon and 1. We'd have lunch, and then six days a week we would walk somewhere. Now, it rains sometimes, so a couple of times that we wound up walking. You know, it was like, well, we, we, we pledged to walk. I'd pledged to walk 5 to 10 miles a day. So sometimes that was in Costco. <laughs> You're right. <laughs> Once it was right. in IKEA. Right. Um, but generally, we found somewhere that we would go. Uh, there was a great app. It's called All Trails. You you can get it wherever you live, and it'll uh, it'll show you the trails near nearby that you can walk. And and so I would pick out a place, and we would drive anywhere from 15 minutes to an hour, and and, uh, and we would spend that time together. It, it was good. Just it was the most time my wife and I had spent together, the most hours we have spent together in our married life, mm-hmm. uh, because we you know we didn't have the kids there. Or, you know our kids are grown. Didn't have our kids there. We didn't you know so it was it didn't take any time to take care of the apartment in which we li- we, we stayed. It was easy to clean up and and, yeah. and, and do all of that. So. Um, we had all those hours uh, in the car and then walking together, hiking together, uh, you know, having, you know, basic, well, usually two out of three meals together. We didn't always have breakfast together, but lunch and dinner together every week, which you don't, I don't do. I usually have lunch. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm gone you know, normal, five, six right? times yep. out of the week. I'm gone for lunch. Uh, so anyway, th- those are some of the things that okay. we did. Okay. Thanks for sharing that. So, you know, let me ask a couple questions. One is, well, first of all, let me say that. Hearing you share about that, like one of the things that that I I am jealous of is the the feeling of you guys got had a place to go for the whole time, and yes. I I look back on that. If I could redo, I'm not sure if I would redo that one, but if I get another chance to do something mm-hmm. like that, uh, I'm very tempted to want to go somewhere like you mm-hmm. just did. So I I do want to I do want to commend you in that. So help 
the pastors listening to this, who most of the pastors we know don't know how to rest well. Yeah. Help them understand, because, and this isn't a trick question, by the way, but no. just help them understand how what you just described, you preached 24 times um, and drove a lot, so you traveled a lot and different. Yeah. Help pastors understand how what you did was restful, actually accomplished sabbatical wise, rest and restoration wise that you were seeking. Yeah, I think I think it's very simple. That the 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 burden of ministry is not found so much in the preparation and delivery of sermons. It's in the it's it's the burden of pastoral care and particularly the burden of pastoral crisis and sometimes disappointment and it is the crisis counseling, it's the long-standing uh, the, the, the text at 11 o'clock at night or three in the morning or the desperate phone call, yeah, yeah. the please help me, the please fix this, um, the reality that I'm going to deal again with a couple or marriage that I've been dealing with for years. And it's the 100th time that we've met together and that feeling like you're just beating your head against a wall. Yeah. yeah. So- uh, I didn't have, well, I mostly didn't have any of that. So uh, that's helpful. So let me just clarify. So you're saying that a pastor who uh, finds the preparation, sermon preparation, or even just preaching as exhausting, or as, you know, right. you would not recommend doing what you did? Of course not. No, okay. right. Because, you know, for, and again, what, I'm, what I think I brought up, Brian, I was with one exception, I was preaching sermons I had preached before. Yeah, yeah. So the groundwork, and it didn't mean I didn't work through them, didn't mean I didn't change some things and whatnot. But the basic, the exegetical work, the homework, the 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 homiletical work of putting that together, uh, had already been accomplished. And so it was a matter of refreshing, going back over, warming my heart. Um, and, and so, with however many hours it took previous to that to to prepare that sermon i'm talking about an hour or two of refreshment uh, of it uh when i got there again for for some men some men some men thrive in crisis they there's nothing they like more than the kind of that interpersonal challenge right there are some when i carry that burden i I have a hard time letting go of those emotional burdens and carrying the weight of that person and of their need uh and to be able to say because they you know to be able to say Derek can take care of that, John can take care of that, Charlie can take care of that, when I've been the one taking care of it, and I'm the one they have been, you know, talking to, and and to help them see, hey, you've got three other elders, they love you, they can help with this, they're competent, they're they're caring, they know what they're doing, and you, it doesn't have to be me, and I, I have to do that for myself, because the lie is it has to be me, yep. and I have to help the congregation with that. You know, it, it so, doesn't have to be me. So Somebody you know, else can take care of you. So you knowing that that was that's the part that exhausts you the most, knowing you were going to get away from that for the Correct. entire two months, really is what really provided this to be a restful yes. time for you, as well as like I mean all the hiking you did. Like I, I mean when I hear you, you know, share about that, that we you know we got to tease each other with the different sabbaticals, but but in all seriousness, I mean. The, the rhythm you talked about, like when you're away from, when you're 2,000 miles from home, right? that's why we go away for vacation a lot of right. times, is is we're not tempted to do the things. Like when I, the one downside, all of us knows it from a staycation is that 
when we're home, we look around and see the things that need to be done at our house or right. whatever projects. And we're like, well, I'm off. Might as well do that. And when we're away, it forces us to not, we can't do those kind of things. So uh, I, I also just I commend you in, in regard to knowing that about yourself and, and that, that getting away, in a sense, uh, getting away and preaching somewhere else potentially was more restful for you than staying home and not preaching at all. Right. And I have to say, I mean, because I, I do... I do. I, I I enjoy being able to preach. It, it it helped me to feel useful, and also because I was staying at that place, you know, free of charge. Free. Yeah. And that and that I could. They were helping me, and I felt like I could help them. That helped my own conscience, and you know, whatever. Again, I'll, somebody might want to put me on a psychiatrist's couch over all this, but it helped me to feel useful and felt and feel like okay, I am. Uh, I'm not just uh, a parasite here. It was a symbiotic relationship. No, that makes sense. I think that's helpful to mention that where you were staying, it, it gave it, 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 any guilt you might free that I'm just staying here for free, even though they told me I could. I'm not doing anything. Right. To, I'm not even cutting the grass. Not cutting, I'm right. Not, or anything. Know, whatever else. So, so, you know, my wife specifically asked me to not preach, which means, you know, there was something going on there that was going to help her rest during this time. Mm. For me to not preach, part of it was, you know, she was right that, you know, preaching wears me out more than than I maybe was given acknowledgement of, and and so she encouraged me to not preach for that reason. But I think there was also a piece for her. But but again, I, is I assume you know your wife was comfortable with the setup, both going away for that long, but also mm-hmm. you being her being fine with you preaching like that because you know she was there with you and. I mean, I assume you guys talked through those things, and she didn't have the same issue that my wife would have had. That's correct. Yeah. So, got the last couple of minutes, Jim. I, I just us telling our stories. What are maybe a couple of just things we can mention? There's as a pastor listening to this, he was given a sabbatical by his church. First one this summer, he gets to take a couple months off or whatever and do a sabbatical. What are a couple of principles from what we just shared on how you and I chose to do different sabbaticals? But but I would say both of us had similar intentions in what we were wanting to do. And it's about knowing ourselves and knowing what we think is going to be most restful, what our wives think will be most restful for us and for them. What comes to mind just as a template on what a pastor should be thinking about as he chooses to do with, with what, whatever he chooses to do with this sabbatical? So I think you already said part of it, Brian. I think you need to know yourself and you need, you need to know what aspect of ministry is most burdensome to you, I think, is the first thing you need to, that's you a, need, that's a good you word. Need to discern. Yep. What, what is it that is... When you need a break from. Yeah, that yeah. that you know, I mean, you can make the argument. No, I could, I, you can keep plugging. Listen, my, my one of my mentors, he's he's in his forty sixth year. He's never had a sabbatical. Yeah, uh, and he's you know he's gonna he's he's about to retire. So again, I came from a I came from these long series, long line of you know the, the right, plotters, right. you know, and whatnot, and, and and again, that some of that was woven into my spiritual DNA, is the way I was taught, and to be able to say, no, I think I, my question really was, is it really going to be that helpful? I really had to ask that because I thought, well, you're just going to pick it up anyway. I mean, you, yeah, I put that suitcase down <laughs> that's been tearing, ripping my arm off, but. I got to pick it back up when I get back. And so whether I pick it up in a day or 10 days or 60 days from now, I still got to pick it back up. So were you up. surprised how helpful it was? Yeah, I, I think so. I think I was, I was, I was thankful for how helpful it was. And, 
And I think I had said, Brian, when we when I got back in November was, you know, ask me in three months, you know, how it was, you yeah. know, because I, I didn't feel I could really answer it so much in the in the near term as to say, okay, have there been uh, some lasting benefits? And I think there have been. I I, I think the, the, you know, the you can't get away from the fact that hey, once you get back on the track and start running again. You know that heavy breathing is going to come back, and some of the some of the exhaustion of it is is going to come back. But mm-hmm. uh, but it was good, it was good and refreshing to the body and the mind and the soul. So I think again, you need to understand. So I think first of all, you need to understand what is it about you that exhausts you. I think the second thing you need to come to grips with, and this is hard for some guys. <laughs> You have to come to terms with your expendability. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, now, your weekly or your your nightly sleeping should show you that. All right, yeah. that's part of what sleep is designed to do is to show you. As a friend of mine says, you got to get out of the god business. Mm-hmm. That you know you, the fact that you sleep, the fact that you have to you know, eat and and do other things is a reminder that you don't run the universe. You're not God, yeah, and you don't run your church. And that if your church falls apart because you're gone for a few weeks, then that church was not built on a, on, on anything other than you. Yeah, it's good. And you need to know that. So you need to know your expendability. And then one other thing, real quickly, is. You need to have people you trust to this is part of what will help you because if you whether or not you think you're expendable, you think somebody has to take care of the sheep. Yeah. The flock can't just be like, all right, gang, you know, I'm gonna th- throw you to the wind for, well, why don't you all go to different churches for, th- for two months and then we'll all come back? <laughs> we'll disband for two months. We'll be back. Yeah. I, I imagine somebody might do that. Yeah. I mean, maybe yeah. some guy's done that. But, you know, to feel like, and you have to know, you have to love and trust your fellow elders. Yeah. Yeah, those are good points. I would say, you know, the biggest thing for me is, is I think we all have to, uh, we have to know ourselves, but know this about ourselves. We need to know how well or how, how not well we rest. Mm. And a lot of times what makes pastors be able to go for so long and plod along and plug away is a lot of times pastors don't know how to rest. And I think that's what my sabbatical taught me is how much I really, even when I think I'm resting, I'm really not resting. In mm-hmm. other words, becoming skilled at knowing how to let that suitcase down, even if it's for a day right, or two days. How do you let go of that suitcase? No one, you got to pick it back up, but t- let go of it, drop it so you can have a couple of days to just to rest and regroup. Mm-hmm. And so I think that's one of the benefits I saw in my sabbatical. And I work with a lot of pastors. You do too, Jim. They, a lot of pastors just don't know how to rest. So I would encourage you, design a sabbatical that's going to push you to almost think you're being lazy. Like design a sabbatical to where, you know, you're having you're having so much just fun enjoying yourself. You you feel guilty about it, you know. Just like like guys need to push themselves because a lot of times what keeps guys in the ministry and being able to go a long time is unhealthy patterns of not knowing how to rest and care for themselves. And a longer t- period of time helps you know how much you're running on adrenaline, how much you're running on not you know not getting enough sleep. And so design your sabbatical to push yourself on how well, you know, how well do you rest? Uh, the second thing I would say, and you kind of alluded to it, a sabbatical is really good. Design it in such a way that you empower leaders to take your place and to step up in the church. They maybe not you, may not even be a pastor, but somebody steps up to get the regular work of the ministry done and sheep are cared for to some degree because it it'll you will be able to come back and evaluate the status of the health of your church in some ways based on what happens while you're gone. Mm. 
And I remember when I came back, uh, it was, I think everybody was surprised on how seamless the church ran while mm. I was gone. Right. And some guys would come back to that and go, uh-oh. You know, I came back, but right. I didn't. I came back and went, yeah, praise God. This is right. this exactly. is so encouraging to me that we had elders. We not just elders by name. We had leaders that preached and stood and right. stood up and cared for people and things got done and the church kept moving. And I came back and I believe that that sabbatical put me in a spot of of feeling more expendable and and that was a good thing for for everybody in the church. Yeah, I think we've we talked about it. you want to feel uh, wanted but not needed, yeah. and that's that was how I was my desire. There's nothing more freeing in ministry than knowing that you are expendable. Yeah, and, and once you know that, once you realize that, hey, you know, almost like I can die, uh, or I can take a day off, yeah. and the church isn't going to fall apart. Yeah. If and, I die and, tomorrow, and, the church and, is going to plug on. That's yeah. Right. That I yeah. and, and that whole. Yeah. I mean, that's why it's just so crucial to labor with God's blessing to have a plurality of, 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 of leadership as well as uh, the, the preparing for that inevitable day because yep. your ministry, my ministry has an expiration date on it. Yep. I don't know what mine is, but it's coming yep. and, and I'm gonna, it's going to end and I don't want the church to end when I end. My last word of encouragement on this, just in light of the conversation, is so the very thing that would make pastors not take a sabbatical, saying, I don't have the person to step up and fill this spot or fill that spot, I would argue is the exact reason you should push yourself to take a sabbatical mm-hmm. and see what happens. Like, do the best you can to fill those gaps. But, you know, again, to your point, okay, you cannot go because nobody's there to fill in, but what happens if you get hit by a truck the next day? So I think uh, sabbaticals is a great way, just a gut check for your ministry in that church as well as the church. So yeah. will you take a minute, Jim, and pray for pastors who are wrestling through this and maybe have a sabbatical coming up to use? Yeah. Our, our Father, we do want to pray for all those who are listening here and uh, who some, some may be listening to this and just this sounds like a fantasy or a dream and something they would long to do, but maybe they don't feel they ever could. Lord, that, that if they need it, we pray that the uh, ability to do so would would come about and uh father we do pray for those who are preparing or thinking of it that you would give them help and wisdom to know themselves and to know their church and to find that means that would be most helpful to them uh, to be able to take some time away unto the end that they could continue well we ask this in jesus name amen amen